Welcome to the Three Thirds Rank, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 24 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello. Very well. <laughs> How are you guys? Ross normally goes in first. I, I'm taking wow. the, the waiting. <laughs> I, I, I was just seeing what would happen if I didn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm very good. I'm a bit tired. After last night's excursions, but yeah, I'm I'm here, ready to go. Uh, I assumed um, I assumed that maybe having five cans of San Miguel, watching the football, and texting people, and then going to work for a full day would I'd be fresh as a daisy tonight. But I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not exactly feeling it as much as I thought I would be. <laughs> no, I mean you must be in such bad shape. I imagine you'd. Uh... You'd only just play better than Aaron Wan Bazaka, wouldn't you? That's how bad. How well, bad you're in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still probably tracking Angelino just as much as he was <laughs> sat on my sat on my living room sofa. So yeah, I mean, it is quite nice though. This nice change of scene because normally I sit in the back room doing the podcast, but Claire's gone upstairs to bed, so I'm sat under a blanket, built <laughs> up in the corner of my sofa. I'm um. Well, I, I, I've got one. I've got. I've only got one earphone in tonight. The one that's got the microphone on. The other one's dangling from the other side of me. But it sounds much clearer tonight. And I couldn't figure out whether it's because it's because it's. I, I shouldn't have two earphones in, or whether one of you two sounds differently. But you do. You sound like you sat right next to me, Ross. Well, I have a oh. new phone. Oh, oh. So that could be it. I mean, up, upgrading the technology. You must be the only person in the country that's got a new phone a month before Christmas. I was never going to get a new phone, a new contract phone for Christmas. I was never asking for a new, a new phone for Christmas. It became a contract for two years, please. <laughs> yeah. I've, set, I've, I've got a bargain. Saved myself £20 a month. I'm very oh. happy. Very happy, yeah. What's everyone else been up to anyway? No, I fished tacos for tea tonight. First time I've had them. Linda made them. Absolutely incredible. I really enjoyed them. So yeah. what What fish was used? I don't know. A white one. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not sure the quality of the fish is important. Because you sort of fry them. It's basically, it's like these fish balls, I guess, effectively. Really nice. Shouts to smashed it out of the park. So how many? Yeah. How many? How many tacos? How many fish tacos two each. make make a meal? Well, two each, sort of three balls in each, and then uh, she made some like scraps with the, the spare batter on the side. It was lovely. Other than, that, other than that, I had quite a quiet week. I don't go. Didn't get invited to Kate Burley's birthday party. So, well, no. And the, I mean the the. The the thing I found with that story is that she only seems to be apologising for nipping into the loo somewhere else after. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is incredible. You done anything, Cheezer? Yeah, I went to we went to Lighttopia last night in the in the in the only break of rain from probably about midday yesterday to about midnight. Um oh, so you went to Lighttopia to the kids there. I went on Friday. Oh did you? Yes. What did well, you, you think? did? Well, I quite I quite enjoyed it. I mean, we got which bit? Did you, well, it depends. I suppose it depends which way around you went. You could only go one way around, couldn't you? 
No, you can get in. There's like different exits and entrances. So I, I think uh, we went through we went through like St Margaret's car park. So we started there and then walked around and went out that way. But there was like other exits and entrances you could have done. So I think it depends which way round you went. Because we kind of finished with the big show at the end. All oh, right. Yeah. No, we went in through that. We went the foot. We went pedestrian entrance because we didn't want to pay for car parking. Keep it cheap because it was already pricey enough. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. How much is it? Uh, I think Claire paid about eighty quid in total. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one of the disappointing things for me was loads of the lights kept shorting out. Oh no, we were we were all right. We, that was all right. It must have been a, a Friday malfunction. Yeah. So it's well, a bit... just, I mean, it was dark, so they might have just turn them off completely when I was there. I wouldn't really be able to tell. <laughs> no, it was... Going around and collected that screwdriver before I'm lost. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't worth the money. It was all right for a, a walk around a park, but 80 pounds to walk around Eaton Park, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I think the... The, the, I mean, the laser bit was quite good, and you could kind of see that bit from kind of wherever you was. And when you were stood underneath it, that that was great. But from a from an adult perspective, um, it, like it, if it, if you didn't, it, that was pretty much it. What laser bit? You not see the laser bit on the trees? What are you going on about? Oh dear, you have, you you have been shot changed here off. <laughs> so just just after. <laughs> Just in front of Heaton Hall, where the big like Christmas tree, um, where the flower beds were, they were different colours. Yeah. And then if you go down past that, yeah, and then follow it round, there was a laser shining in all the trees, and it made all the trees turn different colours. It definitely did it when I went Friday. Because you, because that was the bit you were stood underneath it, and it's like you were making a grand entrance into some sort of WWE arena. Because you were just literally walking down this, and there were just lasers on the trees everywhere. No, no, for about ten minutes, I just walked around in the dark. Because <laughs> you could, <laughs> as soon as soon as you got, as soon as you, because the the way we went in, there was the the food huts and stuff. So as we got round that bit, that was the first kind of bits of lights that we'd seen. And I just assumed it was just lights that had been stuck in with the flowers, but it wasn't. They were all individual flowers, weren't they? And then we went past that. And then as we went down, um, there was like a big laser shining on uh, from what, on top of one of the trees that was shining onto the rest of the trees. And as you kind of got underneath it, you could see like all the different streams of lights and stuff. And as it changed colour and stuff like that, it was quite good. But that was like that was like the adulty bit. The only, I mean, the rest of it was obviously the, the animals that were little. They, were, they didn't move. They were just animals that lit up. Oh, definitely short change there. And then when we finished, there was. Do you see the the bit where the lights ran up the tree where the kids were jumping on the buttons? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they two bit salvaged the trip for me because they were. I mean, Grace <laughs> that for about five minutes. So there was like four pads on the floor, obviously all socially distanced, and and kids would queue up. I mean, the weather wasn't great, so it wasn't that busy. And we went quite early. So, Grayson got five minutes on the pad. There was like a rubber pad, like, well, a little rubber plastic pad on the floor, and it was, it was kind of dully lit. But if you jumped on it, then it'd shoot like little bolts of um, lights up the tree. 
I saw I saw a tree with some lights on it, some pads around it, but that was cordoned off. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, was he not just think? Was he not just? Were they not just queuing bits, or was it actually? No, it no, no. There was no one there. There was actually there was there was no oh, one. There was no, no one. There was nobody there when we were there, but there was like loads yeah, of people running. Broke. For, there was for broke. Us. <laughs> There was no no way to get unless you climbed over the rope. Now normally when people put a rope out, it's not there to climb over, is it? <laughs> no, no, not really. Especially yeah. when it comes to lights and electricity. The last thing you want to do is jump on it and suddenly be uh, a couple of volts through. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we've definitely been out here. Ross destroys Lightopia because he jumps <laughs> on a pad and turns, presses the big button off. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jesus. <laughs> I did, oh, I did. Yeah, it was very nice. People have been asking. It was, it was nice. Lots of people have been texting me saying, "Would you recommend it?" I've told them all no, but I bet <laughs> you if you don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to go back again, surely. Yeah. Oh, penny, penny. <laughs> I mean, my, my memory's not the best. So I definitely, I definitely didn't dream any of that. It definitely happened. <laughs> Maybe they only turn them lights on if you paid for the parking to get the extra money. What Don't about what about the, the like the white the um oh, they, they look like big well arches I suppose photo frames and then there was all like the flowers that were swaying yeah, the star, in the wind. Star signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constell- is it was it star signs or constellations? I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really it was say. star signs, but oh, I mean, right. some of them flowers were all tangled up together and weren't oh, moving. No, they were- they were swaying in the wind. They were all swaying in the wind when we walked past. The only people I felt sorry for when we went, there was a food hut. So there was like four or five food huts outside the hall or just before the hall. And then as soon as you got past that bit, there was they'd stuck somebody like on, not even on the main walkway, just out to the left-hand side on the road. And the, I literally, every time, from the moment we, I set eyes on it, there wasn't one single person that walked over to them to get food. They were just, and they probably would have been there all night and nobody would have been over to them. And they had this huge neon, it was something like chipped corner or something. It was just sort of a big loaded fries shack. I bet nobody went over there at all. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean... Did you, did your children enjoy it, Ross? They, well, they weren't wowed. I mean, they, <laughs> they didn't speak about it. I mean, I'll tell you how quickly how much they weren't wowed. They didn't even talk about it again that night. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like it's not like you had a day of them really enjoying it. Didn't even get an hour out of it. So even going home and switching all the lights and they didn't instead of think, oh, we've just been to see all these lights and start talking about it again. Nope. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's as if we never went in there, Ed. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it as impressive as the light show in your house? Well, well I, that's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I'm not, I don't want to come around these... That- is that what you tell you? When people ask you, is it worth going to, you say... <laughs> Just drop it off my For a Forget eight people around, I've made my money back. <laughs> maybe, maybe put those outdoor chairs at the front. Yeah, yeah. Might have to now. <laughs> oh, Donations wow. welcome. Yeah, well, there we go. I have to tell Claire that maybe it's better than we thought. <laughs> Mm, never mind. Try to think what else I've done this weekend. I'll put the Christmas tree up, and that's now up. 
Oh yeah, of course. You, you're lighting uh, opportunities. Lights, lights wrapped round the tree. Didn't go up and down. Like as as we discussed last week. Uh, well, I, I I went and I went and googled the up and down. So I think one of the that's one of the things I took from last week's show. When we went when we because I said Ashley decorates the tree. She did it on a day off on her own. She really likes doing it on her own. So she she, she did it all. And then I said, like these experts saying you should do it up and down. She didn't understand what I meant. So I, I showed her this video of it going up and down. She said, it's, not, it's just not right. Well, I mean, we've got a, we, we rent professionally decorated artificial trees at school and they're all up and down. Oh, are they? Yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, I've not done it myself, so I'm not really that convinced by it, but. <laughs> That's, no, that's, I'm, never, that's I'm, I'm never going to be convinced that education's short of money ever again. <laughs> <laughs> For the kids, Simon. <laughs> surely, surely you can put the trees up yourselves. Yeah, we have one that the kids decorate, but then we get some nice ones around school. <laughs> How many trees have you got? It's like this morning. There was like, <laughs> somebody count. Gogglebox said like seven yeah. trees in this this morning studio. I'm like, one's enough, surely. Just just keep moving it around in different shots. And we got two. Two. One is you come in the in the reception, and one in the hall that the kids see. Uh, how well sort of protected are they? Uh, not they're not they're not they've got no I, rope on like at Lightopia. <laughs> my memory of, of Northridge, wonderful children, a great place, but not all the children sort of respected space in quite the way it was supposed to be done. I mean. I've become in charge of behaviour since then, Simon. It's... Ah, <laughs> you're on a tight ship, don't you? So... <laughs> no, no danger the, the Christmas tree deposit in lost. If I've changed one thing, it's Christmas time is safer. <laughs> Ross, Ross has commissioned some of them cardboard cards you've seen whole bag. You know, it's police officer in the world. It's just, it's just cardboard cards to Ross around the school next to the important pieces of uh, furniture and equipment. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So there we go. That's very insightful. I um, I, I was extreme. So I've been doing um, fantasy football cup at work. So I've got I've had like fifty odd people in the league, and for the last three weeks we've been doing like an FA Cup type. Everybody gets a, everybody everybody's in with a chance of winning hundred quid just before Christmas, and uh, I got down to the last eight. Um, and I was um, I was two points behind um, this um, lady who was like miles down the league, and I was like, "Oh, I, I've, I've done I've done myself a good draw. It should be an easy route into the semis." And um, Kyle Walker Peters um, getting the penalty at, 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 in the, like the last ten minutes of Brighton, his assist for that penalty knocked me out, and I got I got knocked out my own cup. I was absolutely wow. raging. So you went out at what the, the quarters? I went out the quarterfinals, yeah. And what, and what was so, the prize? Win, win it takes all. Yeah, so it's down to the last four now. So the next round of games this weekend, we'll see the, the next four. So I think there's well, it'll be the three, yeah, the four people, yeah, the four people that got the seven. No, sorry, the seven people that got through. I got through the last sixteen or something like that. Well, it was a quarter. It's the quarterfinals this weekend. Last four teams. Still further than United in the Champions League, though. Geez, I take heart from that. Well, technically, it was all a knockout. So technically, it was even in round one. I got further than United, but we won't go into we won't go into that too much. I couldn't. It was too complicated to start a league. 
I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. It was hard enough trying to write down 50, 55 team names. Then I you mean, write 55 the, team the names. Thing is, the thing is, in football, it's really easy to start a league. That's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, but, but you can't, but you can't, it's easy to start a league and I've got a league, but you can't start a cut competition when you randomly won. And I had to work oh. out how many people I had and then how many rounds of games I would need. And I had to work back from Christmas so that whoever the finals played the week, the games the week before Christmas. That surely, but, but surely with the amount of World Cup of everything we've done, you should be easy at sorting these things out. <laughs> well, well, yeah, with pen and paper, but there's no there's no app to go. Well, you can just 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 whack all these names in. I mean, to be fair, I've loved Grayson doing the old the old draw out of the hat. Well, he's not been doing; he's just been picking numbers. But Grayson's been doing the draws for me to get him involved. So I bet you bought. Picking... I bet you bought velvet bags and black marble balls well, as well, I, didn't you? For the, when I did it first time round, I actually did. Ashley said, "What on earth are you doing, cutting all these small bits of paper out?" But I actually did it properly, draw the names out of a hat, and then I gave up with that because the, the the small bits of paper just went everywhere. I couldn't keep track of everybody, so I just decided to then pick numbers, and then Grayson just picked and drew the um, and drew the round two, I think it was, and, and round three, whatever round three was. So what so, is yeah. the, what is the, what is the total prize? £100 for... So we have, like, a, every store has their own, like, fund in the store. So we have, like, a snack station where you can buy things from. And, like, it's almost like a small... Almost like a small tuck shop type thing in, in the lounge. Where the, and then the associates can make um, decisions about what they want to buy with it. And uh, every so often, the business will top it up and stuff like that. So um, I managed to catch £100, uh, another 100 quid. So whoever wins this will win it for their shop just before Christmas. So because oh, right, so it's when not you start, for the... You'd win it for your shop. You win it for your shop. Well, it's all, yeah, well, the whole oh, it's, not, it's not a cash prize. No, no, well, it's cash prize oh. for your shop. Yeah. But like, oh, well, I won't be that disappointed about going out then, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's playing. If nobody wins anything, everybody's playing it for charity. Uh, no, nah, I'd be sod everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm not actually too to get involved. Oh, yeah. Ross can have a second trip to Lightopia, 20 quid left <laughs> Yeah, no. Nah. I'll play for everyone else to it. I mean, I was. That's, I mean, I could. What I could. This is all about. I could have got you. <laughs> and if one of you two would have won, I'd have to say to you, "Well, it's not technically hundred quid. You would have to. You have to give it to my shop because you might because you because you my, my friend. So that's it. You have to. You have to stay in the business. I can't just give nah, you. Uh, I mean, you never said this when you asked. I'm glad I didn't play. Now you just wanted to double your chances of winning. I tr- treble, treble my chances of winning. There we go. What would you have called your team now? Cheddar FC B team, Cheddar FC C team. No, you could have made your own team, but I wouldn't have. So no one caught on a cheesy that you're cheating. No, well, I mean, it's that good. So one of the managers that left last year has joined. Has joined again, and if if he would, if he wins the league at the end of the year, it'll go to his old shop. And I think even his dad's playing as well. I mean, yes. I mean, if. Is there a is there a governing body like looking into this? There should well, be. Well, one thing I didn't one thing I didn't account for in the old fantasy football draw was actually there actually being a draw and points because I was like, well, I can't have a, I can't have a replay. I've only worked out I've got like six game weeks to go, so I'd panicked a little bit and thought, well, this isn't great. So I had to make a, I had to make a snap decision. Um. And there was two teams in the last round of games that ended up on a draw. So whoever got the most points on their bench went through. Let me but guess. They were, the, 
Let me guess, that worked out to be two people from your store. No, no, no. There's only me in my shop that's doing it. There's like uh, some of the people. Some of the people I don't even know. So the, the other hard bit is the people that I don't know who are in it. It's tracking them down. Because originally, I mean, what I tell that to, to tell that tell that to Dido Harding. She knows that. <laughs> so I said to the, I said at the beginning a couple of years ago, like, just whenever you come up with a name, just put your store number at the end of it, so I know which store it's from, and it's easy for me to track. And I don't have to keep sending messages out all the time trying to find who people are. But then everybody's already got their own team name in the fantasy football. So people who have joined the league who've already come up with a team name, who then don't want to put the, a three-digit number at the end of it. So it just it fell down at the first hurdle, that really. So I had to do a bit of, um, I had to do a little bit of Facebook stalking and a little bit of matching up people's names to who might know who one another and sending just some random emails out to every single person that works for TK Maxx to see if I could find that person. And man- I, luckily enough, I managed to find it. And I thought some of my days were unproductive at work. Oh no! This is uh, this is all I'm doing. I'm not doing this while I'm in. I'll just be in the office, Facebook stalking. Well, the worst thing is I can do this from my phone because the league's on my phone. Oh, there we go. Right, let's go away from fantasy football. Let's get about into the real football, eh? What are we talking about, Cheese? Very smooth, that. Indeed. Um, so we will uh, discuss all things Champions League. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the upcoming uh, Manchester derby, which um, has quite a lot of importance from from the red side of Manchester this weekend. Um, and we touched on it ourselves a few weeks ago when we said um, Manchester United were consistently inconsistent, and that looks like it's uh, it looks like it carried on again last night. So we will discuss a little bit of last night's game. Uh, talk about the fallout, uh, talk about uh, Paul Pogba and Paul Pogba's comments this week. Um, and then we will also as well have uh, some more Premier League roundup. We'll talk about Chelsea, how Chelsea are doing, uh, the revival of Spurs and the Mourinho, and whether they, whether they can go all the way. And we'll also have some boxing news as well as AJ fights uh, this weekend. So we will have a break um, and then we will come back and we will discuss uh, Manchester United. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, the Champions League last night. So I will throw it open to you two uh, and we'll discuss um, what was the thousands of messages that you sent to each other last night discussing uh, the football. And I must admit my heart um, was in my mouth when uh, Harry Maguire scored. Or was it Maguire that scored or Pogba that scored the goal after the 83rd minute? Because I honestly thought that United were going to score again. Um, so what happened last night? Well, I mean, absolute, absolute disaster for Manchester United. Having won their first two games in the group stage, uh, well, did we not know against PSG and RB Leipzig? We then ended up basically in a situation where we need to get one point from our last two. We lost against PSG last week. Winner takes all last night against RB Leipzig, and United were rubbish from the start. I think we were two 0 down inside twenty. I, mean, I was quite confident before the match. I really thought we were going to get through and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a good record in, in big games. But we're out uh, into the Europa League again. Um, very poor, very poor for Manchester United. What, what was your assessment, Ross? Um, I mean, I was always nervous because any, I always think any fixture that you, have to, that you go into knowing you don't have to get beat is one of those terrible mindsets. It's always easier knowing what you've got to win, isn't it? And then you know exactly what you've got to do and what you're aiming for. Whereas 
going in knowing a draw is good enough. It's always do a stick or do a twist kind of mentality. Uh, and then, yeah, a bit like you, I was I was relatively confident because I saw, like, obviously we beat RB Leipzig at home 5-0. I assumed, not maybe 5-0, but I assumed a similar kind of performance where we just hit him on the break. Uh, Solskjaer came out, he played this um, three at the back system that he's played before and has worked for him. Um, I had no real... When I saw that that was going to be the system, didn't really have any negative feelings towards it. Um, I understood that it's worked in the past and he's he's been applauded for it. And then, yeah, we just kicked off and instantly you could see there was an issue with uh, the shape and a bit of the attitude of the team. We just seemed off the pace. Like I say, we went 2-0 down inside 20 minutes and then it was just an uphill battle from then. Uh, half-time, he made a change and went away from this three-at-the-back system, brought Donny van der Beek on. And kind of we came out and had to go for it a bit and we looked we looked a bit better. I'm not saying oh, in any way we should have gone on and gone through because we weren't that good. But we looked we looked like we were actually going to do something, whereas in the first half we didn't look... We could have been quite easily 4-5-0 down in the first half and that, that would have been a fair reflection of the game, really. So to still so get 2-0... So what did Leipzig? So I'm assuming Leipzig played an awful lot different than they, what they played the first time round, or was it a bit of both? United were just completely chalk and cheese as well. Uh, I don't. I think maybe I think United were poor more than anything. I don't think Leipzig were bad, bad in the first game. To be honest, I think we were just extremely clinical. You can think when Rashford came, Rashford got a hat trick inside 20 minutes. Didn't he or something when he came on at Leipzig last time uh, to make it five nil. So I just think we were more clinical that game, but I just think we just didn't. We just seemed lost in terms of. No one seemed to know what they were doing in terms of the position. So the back five didn't really work, like like you said last night, Simon. That we made Angelino look like Roberto Carlos, didn't we? Yeah, and I feel like we sort of we kind of set up thinking, oh, you know, we'll keep it tight, we'll see how it goes, and then straight away you're losing. And, and that can, and, and suddenly your match plan of, oh, we'll keep it tight. You know, you're two down inside 20 minutes. So the entire tactics is, are out the window. We just look completely shell-shocked until half-time, really. We, there, was, there was no real leadership, no one taking responsibility. We were poor at the back. Um, and we just didn't look like we could just keep hold the ball for any period of time in that first half. I mean, they, they just blitzed us, didn't they? Yeah, they were very... They were very high pressing. The other thing, what really, one I would think one of the benefits of playing five at the back is that uh, you've got five players that are quite spread out across that back line. So there really shouldn't be a left wing back in acres of space anywhere because you've got you've got four other people inside you to go out and defend that. So how Wambasaka never got close enough to Angelino and the crossfield pass was always on just said to me that we didn't really know what what they were doing in that system more than anything. They didn't really know who they were supposed to be picking up or like you say the leadership and the communication didn't seem to be there. And then Luke Shaw kept stepping out from the back three, which I don't know if he'd been told to do or he was just doing it because he's not played for a while, which then left massive gaps. So then uh, Alex Tellez was then too far out on the left because he was playing as a wing back still thinking he had Shaw inside him and then 
Maguire or Lindelof never got across to actually cover that space. So, yeah, it was just all a bit of a bit of a sham, really. There, I, I didn't think it was. I was going to say I thought it was a bit. I mean, I thought it was a bit strange that he took Tellers off because the last time, the last couple of times he's played, you two raved about him. And at that point, yeah. United needed to score, so he surely would have just gone to a, a, a back four and took Shaw off. Well. That was one decision that surprised me because then we ended up substituting Shaw off for Brandon Williams. So in one game, we went through three left-backs, which it's classic I don't cheddar. know what... Well, yeah, I mean, I, it, to me, that didn't make sense. It was just a really bad night for Solskjaer where a lot of his decisions seemed strange. Um, I don't know. Like, I never once felt like we were going to get back into that game. I mean, when we went down 2-0 at Southampton... We played well, and we were we were still creating things. We just hadn't took our chances. Whereas the first forty five minutes last night, we hadn't created anything. We li- I, I can't even remember being near their near their goal. That's how bad we were. Although they made then, changes in the, I actually thought we looked quite good in the second half. I mean, the frustration for me was conceding that third goal. You know, we would suddenly we looked like we were in, and then. Conceding another stupid goal, and then that kind of made it impossible. And you know, you get three goals, make it having to get three goals back in the last 15 minutes is, is asking a lot, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we actually did get those two goals. Pop, I thought Popper played well when he came on. We had sort of real, we had them worried. I think we had sort of real goal threats, but just left ourselves way too much to do. Yeah, it was. I think the other thing is. I, I, I mean, I've said it a few times this season now. Whenever Matic plays, I always worry because I don't think he's he's not quick enough anymore. And for United to play, because obviously United now are pretty much counter-attacking team. We need to win it back early and get the ball forward. He doesn't win the ball back. He's not aggressive enough to win the ball back early enough and then get it, get it forward. So we never really, we miss a bit of that. Um, and then I think with McT- McTominay wasn't the best either last night, so we were never really aggressive enough in the midfield and we are always outnumbered. I do think we looked better when Van der Beek and Pogba came on because all of a sudden there was someone to actually pass to ahead of the ball in the midfield instead of the first half we were having Rashford come short, which isn't obviously Rashford's strong point. You don't want him with his back to go, you want him running at players. And then all of a sudden when Van der Beek was able to came on and could go forward and Pogba could go forward and there was that Extra extra target instead of just Fernandez to hit. We could play for, further up the pitch, but yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, what I would say about the Champions League, though, if you would have said at the start of the season when the draw was made for the groups, obviously PSG got to the final last year and RB Leipzig got to the semi final, didn't they? If you would have said you're going to get nine points from the group and just and you're going to be in with a chance in the last game to go, to go through. You would have took that, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I think if you'd have also said after the first two games that, I mean, United wouldn't qualify and they'd only take four points from four games. Well, they'd only take three points from the next four games. You'd have also been like, well, actually, because there's, there's things like that. Was happening. I, I thought, oh, we, we, like, we got knocked out to Atletico Madrid last year, but we just made stupid errors. And that potentially could have been us playing in the, in the final last year. Um, yeah, look, or getting close to playing in the fight. It's, it's that. It's, it's just. It's just. I mean, it's just. It's just United. That's just United season. It's just. It's just incredible. It just seems to manifest itself in competitions, manifest itself in actual games. 
Um, the the stat that United had, after the after the first half, United seventeenth in the league, and after the second half, in the second half, they're like second in the league. I mean, that's just that's just incredible from a, from a, a side like that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's happened so often. You think it's uh, in one in one match, you sort of two 0 down at half time. Then that's all right. But I mean, consi- why are we consistently so bad at starting matches? I mean, why? Why teams are so much more prepared for us? Well, that that did get me last night because afterwards, uh, I think Solskjaer said, "Oh, I don't know why we're so slow because we we prepared we prepared for the game in exactly the same way we always do." And like you say, we always seem to concede yeah. relatively early on. So maybe the way we're always preparing for the games isn't working. So maybe we need to mix something and change something in that respect. But I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of Solskjaer out and. All this, where do you fall in that camp now, Simon? Are you all the out or? Well, I think Solskjaer's got he's got to take responsibility for. I think last night was his fault. I think we were tactically out thought. I think this issue is, I, I just can't see how it's ever going to get much better under Oli. I just I think we're always going to be sort of two one step forward, one step back with him. I think, yeah. I mean, I think he'll, he'll have the job till the end of the season. I mean, the thing is, bizarrely, in the league, we're actually flying, aren't we? I hope we're up to fourth or fifth with the game in hand. Yeah, but then, I mean, we're one of the informed teams of the league, I think, because we've picked up 12 points from 15, which is there the or thereabouts with everyone un- else. Unlike when Jose was in charge, I don't think I don't think the wheels will ever come off completely under Ollie. I think we'll always just... And it's kind of almost worse now. I think we'll always just be slightly underperforming, thinking we might turn the corner. You, you know, you almost need to go disastrously wrong so you can, so you can justify changing the manager. The problem is, though, under Mourinho, you never had, you never had the. I mean, how many nights did you have like the, the PSG game, or even when Oli came in and Ferdinand slapping his hand on the um, table, going, "Get Oli to sign whatever he wants." Oli's at the wheel, like he. I, he United won plenty of games on the spin. United have played and destroyed some teams. Like you think about the five nil at Leipzig. So United can play well, and Mourinho never delivered that. So Mourinho was, and Mourinho isn't a United legend, is he? So like you said, Solskjaer's going to have that. He gets protected. He gets protected probably like any um, other former player would do of his time. Um, so it's probably never going to be as, as bad as Mourinho, but. Yeah, but the thing is, the football... I mean, the one thing for Solskjaer is the football is better than under Mourinho or Van Gaal. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. So this, it's, not like it's, it's not like it's Mourinho football and, you, and you're still losing, you're losing games all over the place or it's still completely mediocre and the football's bad to watch. I mean, and the other thing for Solskjaer is, although we do keep playing badly, there is this, this mentality that seems to be there that they do now... like you don't feel like the game's over because we always seem to be a threat. Even last night, like, we were 3-0 down and we we nearly nicked a third goal to get it actually back and then go through. I mean, like, in no way would we have deserved it, but that would never have happened under Mourinho or Van Gaal. We'd never come back and do them kind of things then. So, I mean, it's like you say, Sai, you always... Is, is Solskjaer really going to take it on to the next step? I, I don't know, but then... Who, there's only really Pochettino out there, isn't there? Or, or do you go for Nagelsmann? Would he want to leave and do go to United? I don't know. 
There's a, apparently Allegri wants a job in the Premier League, doesn't he? But then, do you want to go to a manager that's old, or do you want to go to a young up and going that you're going to have? Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, the only, the thing, I, th- I think the only way Solskjaer really leaves that job is if uh, he gets he gets moved on to a director of football role at United. Because, like you well, say, when you're going to sack him, if we finished outside the top four, I think that's, that's what they've done with all the others, isn't it? I think if we, if we finished outside the top four, then I think they probably would sack him. Do you reckon? Well, that's what they did to Van Gaal. That's what they did to Moyes. It's effectively what they did to Mourinho. I think that that is. I think that is their minimum standard every season. I think if you don't qualify for the Champions League, then then you're out. Mm, possibly. I mean, if, the, if, the end of, if the end of this season we're not in the top four, like, I don't think he could have any complaints. Well, is it not the same? You win the Europa League, you get a place. So is he not? Just yeah, yeah. Win the Europa League? Well, ho- hopefully. Well, that's that what we, we said last season nice. as well, didn't we? Well, I mean, the other thing is for Solskjaer. I think since since he's come in, Man United have won the most points. I think you no, know, since the lockdown, since lockdown actually, since lockdown ended, United have won the most points out of any in the Premier League out of any team. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's which, true. Which then, again, you say, God, how bad are United? But <laughs> we've won more points than any other team. So. This is this is the difficulty with analysing United. You watch the games and go, "Oh, we're absolutely terrible," and we have some dodgy results. But then you actually you look at the stats and go, oh, "Well, we can't be that bad because we've won nine games away from home on the on the trot. We've won more points than anyone else in the league since we started up again." Yeah, but the problem was last season is that you had to do that just to get fourth. You had to go on this absolutely amazing run to do it. It's very similar yeah, and to then, very and then similar Solskjaer, to this. Solskjaer managed to manage us in a way that allowed us to do it. So Solskjaer, can't, like, but not every manager could do that. I'm not saying Solskjaer's unbelievably special, but that he must have something to be able to get yeah, that kind of run going. He's got Bruno. He comes from Portugal. Well, yeah, it's would, just. Um, would you start Paul Popper against Manchester City at the weekend, Ross? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I'd, well, I'd, I'd, I'd start him. Two goals. I'd, he's... Is it home or away? Uh, I think it's at home. I'm not sure. I can't remember. The thing, the thing for me is pre. So everyone was raving about him in the um, what? What game was it where he scored that goal from outside the box? Who did we play them? For the weekend. South- West Ham. Yeah. West. Yeah. West Ham. Yeah. So everyone's got oh, what a performance from Paul Pogba put in. Did he? He scored a goal, but he only looked half decent when Fernandez came on. And it's but the same else, conversation. Who else, who else would have scored that goal? Uh, and, yeah, but okay. But why is he not scoring that goal 10 times a season? Which that's, he's that's not the, capable of. That's the goal that every. That's the goal of the highlight reels from all the times he was playing for Juventus. He yeah, scored. that's what I expected what, every, every two or three weeks. Because that's what you were seeing every two or three weeks at Juventus. The other thing, like the goal last night that he scored, well, the goal Harry Maguire scored, why is Pogba not getting up and winning them headers like that more often? But it, it, to me, it's just so much. It's, he has two or three good games and then he goes off the ball for five or six games and then Raiola comes up and says he wants to leave United. This isn't the first time that Raiola said that Pogba wants to leave United. And last time it happened was Bush, was before the derby last a few two years ago, wasn't it? 
when Pogba went with his blue hair and we ended up coming back and winning 3-2. The, to me, it's just it's just a negative thing we don't need at the club. He doesn't... He's had two good games. He's, well, two half-decent games. He's scored two two goals. I wouldn't say he dominated the midfield or you looked at him and thought, oh, he's the one that's changed everything. Do we do we need do we need him that badly, or should we just get rid and well, look I, at something I, else? I mean, I feel like United are moving towards towards Pogba leaving. I'd be I'd be surprised if he was here this time next year. I don't know if he'll go in January, but I think I think the end of the season he'll probably go. I, I just don't feel like I just don't feel like United really want to fight to keep him. He clearly doesn't want to be here. It's just not worked out. He's only got two think- years left. He's only. Next year, he'll only have one year left in his contract as well, so there'll be a real, very real chance of him going for free. I think they'll just try and get as much money as they can next summer. I think it's a problem. go on. At the weekend, you're saying, well, they start Pogba. Guarantee that... Um, guarantee that Solskjaer will start Fred, McTominay and Fernandes in a three. He's not, he's not going to deviate from that. And you're, not going to, you're not going to pick Pogba over... Uh, Fernandez, are you? And he's got to go with two defensive, two holding midfielders. So it's a bit of a non-issue. Is he picking Pogba? He's not going to pick him, and he's he's not trusted him all season, has he? Because nine times out of ten, he started on the bench, or he's been injured and inverted. He, he he's just you just can't rely on him. That's my biggest issue with Pogba. He's not someone who you get seven out of ten, eight out of ten out every week. You yeah, get I don't, I don't you get four out of ten, or you get nine out of ten. You get one nine out of ten, then you get five four out of tens. That's that's the issue. I mean, you've not paid ninety million pounds to get a nine out of ten every four weeks, have you? But like you said, he's, he's in, like the, from when I saw when I'd seen the goal this morning about how how high he climbs, and like you think, well, he's shot, why is he not scoring more goals? And I know he went through that stage of scoring goals, but he was he's, he was ultimately um, scoring all them penalties before Fernandez turned up. Yeah, and, and, and knocking. Of goals as well before that, but and I don't believe it's got anything to do with Solskjaer holding him back or anything. Because you look at Fernandez and what Solskjaer allows Fernandez to do, why would he not want Pogba to go and do that? Why would he have struggled until Fernandez came for an attacking midfielder to come and do that when he he's supposed to have the the world class talent that is Paul Pogba that can score and do all this? It, it to me it doesn't make sense. Paul Pogba is an issue. His agent's an issue. Get rid. But then at Juve potentially, he's not, I mean, you go back to Juve. Would he have? He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been allowed to be potentially the Paul Pogba is at United because he's got Buffon behind him. He's got. Um, well, the, no, you've got the, you've got other world class talent, haven't you? Yeah, you've got bigger personalities. Got, you haven't got Jesse Lingard dancing around. Well, is, is he? Is Paul Pogba going to listen to Harry Maguire? Is he? Is he on, honestly going to United captain or no captain? Is he honestly going to listen to Harry Maguire? It would he even listen to De Gea. Would he even listen to Fernandez. No, I'm not saying he was, but Paul Pogba was made captain for some games. That didn't seem to change him. It's not like he suddenly stepped no, but up I, and. But I think it's I think it's right that you have to. I mean, it's one of them things, isn't it? You have to try different things to get the best out of somebody. And I don't. I'm not but a what, bad for United doing yeah, it. But I, like, yeah, but like I you feel said, we've come to the end of that. I feel like we have tried oh, all these different things. We've, we've tried being kind to him. We've tried. We've tried carrot. We've tried stick. We've tried him in a few different positions. We've tried leaving him out and bringing him on as a sub. You know, that, I, just, I think United have kind of worked through all the options 
and it's just not worked out. And I think, it, I mean, my dream would be a swap deal would bring Ronaldo back. That's what I want. Oh, well, we I, talked about the the baller, haven't they? The swap for it, swap for him. That's what I read about yesterday. But I mean, swaps for big players very very rarely. They don't mean they don't really work. I mean, the last one was Alexis Sanchez and Henry Mkhitaryan. So you need to be careful about yeah. swap deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just it's just an odd character, but and everybody. I think the issue is, I, th- I think, and what Pobre and Raioli will find. I, I've got my, my issue. I I think he might not leave next. The reason I think he might not leave is that I don't think there'll be many clubs that want to are bending over backwards to take him and will want to give him massive wages, which he, he will demand. Well, the well I also think the other thing is that... that but but I, think, I think the other thing is that United paid 90 million. They're going to want a fair chunk of that back. And I don't think there's that... Mad. I don't think he's not proved himself to be... You don't watch Pogba at Man United and go, well, we need to be spending 100 million, do you? Yeah, but I, th- I think United will take the hit. I think that I think they would accept. Yeah, but then how much of a hit? Because you think even if you're selling, you've you've been if you say sixty million, that's still thirty think, million pounds of a hit. I think they'd take forty. Do you reckon? I mean, if if things don't improve between now and the end of the season, I, I, I think they'll I think they'll just want to get rid of him. Yeah. But then I would say if they do that, that's a massive, um, that's a massive sh- like comp like. Favor of comp- vote of confidence in Solskjaer's favor. If you're willing to sack, because in the past Pogba's got uh, managers sacked, hasn't he? Well, I mean, uh, I, I think I wouldn't uh, have to just him. Yeah, I just think I'm just sick of talking about Paul Pogba, it, it, and you're never talking about him for how well he's how well he's doing. You just it's always a negative thing. That's what's annoying me the most. The problem is, is that in, that Madrid, who got who appear to have been massively burnt the last time they bought somebody in Hazard, who's cost them an absolute fortune and not done particularly well since he's been there. The only person that could really probably swing Pogba going to Madrid would be Zidane. Zidane doesn't even know he's going to be there at the end of the season at this rate. I mean, it looks like Madrid are going to end up going through tonight. But if he's not there, then would the new manager would would a new manager want to risk one of his first signings being Paul Pogba unless it's unless he's Deschamps, the French manager, who seems to absolutely love him, but he's not. We we all watched that World Cup. He was he was the, he was the linchpin of that team. He was the one doing the team talks. He was the one who everybody looked up to. And that is just not what happens at United. I, I can't I can't believe it's the same person. A genuine. And I always thought that Neville was back at the wrong tree when he was like he's, he won the World Cup. He won the World Cup. He played so well in that World Cup. In that team. Oh, and, oh, yeah. and to be fair, he had very he had other good, very good players around him. Let's not let's let's not let's not get away from that. And he played with Kante in midfield, and 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 I get that, but he flourished in that team, and he just he, and it feels like at no with the exception of the away game, the away game at, at City when he scored twice, and um, but even then, like how many, he can't play one good game. The in, one um, the one thing I, I would is, say in Pogba's defence. Is and the one thing I do think is is slightly bizarre is that United obviously United signed him thinking oh this is going to be the guy for the next ten years he'll be the best midfielder in the world we're going to build our team around him and we we haven't really at any stage built the team around him you know, his best position has been kind of in a mid in a four three three playing in three in midfield from the left with two two others that will kind of do the canter like do the do the defending for him, 
And we haven't, we haven't really at any stage kind of built the team around him like that and played consistently played that formation that gets the best out of him. He's always had to try to fit in often into a sort of four-two-three-one alongside, you know, and been asked to do a lot of defensive work. Yeah, I, 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 I'll accept that point to an extent, but then a lot well, I mean, of my... A lot of... Yeah, but and a lot of my frustrations are probably the fact he picks, he gets tackled so often for a man that's supposed to be able to beat a man and be so strong and like physically awkward to play against. He he gets tackled ten yards out from our box when he receives the ball on the half turn so often, and his passing's just. He, he, they always talk about he's got this wonderful range of passing. He, he could still pick a seventy-yard crossfield pass out from playing out of position. If he's playing out of position, fine. He's not. He might not be scoring the goals that you might have come to expect from him. But you're not seeing. You're not seeing him dictate a game from where he like. He's not picking it up and threading balls through and picking people out. That that's the issue. I just. I. I mean, the other thing what? to count to count what you said as well. Fernandez came in, and that team's not built around Fernandez. But look at the impact he had. It's not like he's just come in and made that impact himself. That's, yeah, that's well, that's because that, Solskjaer's clearly realised that, that that Pogba, who he probably wanted to play in that role, can't play that role well enough. He's potentially not creative enough. Yeah, but I, no, I, I disagree yeah, because I, I think no, I no, think I, I think I think the moment they signed Fernandez, I think that was them. I think that was United accepting the. I I think if it hadn't been for coronavirus, Pogba would have left this summer. I think that was United sort of moving on from Pogba and saying, "Oh, we'll go a different direction." But I also think you say about uh, just Fernandez came in and didn't prove that he was. He's probably technically, uh, they're probably technically on the same level. But when Fernandez came in, one of the things that everyone said, "Oh, he, pl- he plays the ball forward and he's not afraid to play the pass and he works twice as hard as anyone else on that pitch." Never once said that about Pogba. He's never gone in and gone. I'm going to show you how good I am. He's just gone in. It's like these attitudes. Oh, you all think I'm this good. I don't need, really need to try and prove it. I think that's the difference. Tell you, um, tell you which team play with three big central midfielders. Go on. Pobbert's Pop Tottenham Oxford. They're flying. Go and join the league leaders, league champions. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Mourinho would have him back. Are, are you worried, Peasy, <laughs> that, uh, that Spurs are going to win the league? Um, they look like they're playing very well, don't they? That's the that they're playing the Mourinho way, and results are results. At the end of the day, they've beaten. Well, be interesting to see what happens a week on Wednesday. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really looking forward to it. I can just see Mourinho is the one that ends up uh, being the uh, manager that beats Liverpool at home after after this long stretch. Um, but Son and Kane. I mean, I did. I think Harry Harry Kane would ever be the man. Uh, that would be setting up the goals for for Son. No, I didn't. I didn't think so. But I think he's. They've made massive strides, and all they're literally doing is getting it to them two, playing on the counter, and then Hoiberg's coming. And I mean, twenty five million for him. He looks like a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's like you said. Hoiberg's been the that's been the best buy. You imagine if he, he was in that United team at the minute, winning the ball back and just giving it to Pogba and Fernandez. That's that's it. Yeah, that, that that has wound me up a little bit. Why is why someone gone for so cheap somewhere that clearly does the job that we want, we need? 
But I, I top, United would never have signed Hoiberg. They would not, no, not I, I, yeah. I agree. After, I, after I, Schneiderlin, we're never going to buy a central midfielder from Southampton again. Uh, I totally agree, but it just annoys you that there are cheap midfielders out there that <laughs> do, do the fit, seem to be doing the job exactly what we need. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying we should have gone out and done it, or I would have been particularly pleased if we would have gone, especially the summer we had, that she would have gone, oh, we're signing Hoiberg, we would have gone, what? What is Ed Woodward doing? But clearly, his job for a change. Well, um, yeah, but Tottenham. Yeah, the only thing with Tottenham is they look they look great, don't they? But I, you do wonder if Kane got injured or Son got injured. I so I think if Kane got injured, no one else does that job, do they? Well, it's incredible no. the way Jose's. The whole thing about Kane is that he's like really just hungry to score goals. And Jose has managed to convince him to play this slightly bizarre role where he doesn't seem to score as he seems to be happy to be the guy that, that just sets up Son to score now, doesn't he? You know, yeah, but let's not forget he's Yeah, but but just like in, in, in matches, he's you know, he's happy to sort of drop back into midfield, drop back into defence, it almost seems with clearing headers and stuff. Well they didn't it wasn't in the game. Against Arsenal, didn't he have more touches in his own box than Arsenal's box? Yeah, I mean, Jose does seem to have got them all sort of believing in, in this system. He sort of convinced them that if they can just sort of knuckle down and play his way this season, then maybe they might win the league. I think the thing is, they're all they're winning, aren't they, at the minute? The top of the league, everything's going great, aren't, isn't it? So, yeah. And, and you're happy to do... You're happy to put in all the work if you got if you think oh, you, we've come so close, but we actually look like we're going to win something here. Then they'll all be happy to do it. Whereas if they get beat on off Liverpool and then they maybe you know get another loss somewhere else, and suddenly they're sitting in third or fourth and the the six points off the top and don't look like getting it back, then is Kane suddenly going to be happy to do that role? Is he going to? Do you know, it all changes yeah. at, at the minute. Yeah. At the minute, winning, you're happy to do whatever you're doing because you think, well, we're winning here. Why would we not carry on? But a couple of losses, does that all go out the window? But they've also had the they've also had the Europa League as well. So I know that they've been playing on a Thursday, but they've pretty much been winning every every. I mean, I don't, I can't. There might have been a couple of games, one one or two games, maybe they've dropped points, but they've been scoring goals. They've been playing quite often. They've been getting. They've still signed quite a lot of players. There were quite a lot of players come back. Um. So they've done. I mean, they've done a, a relatively good job and they've, they've just they've just carried on winning I mean who would have thought that they would have lost the first game of the season and that's the only game of the season that, that they would have ended up losing to Everton and I think they only I mean, lost that in the last minute they looked abysmal in that game as well against Everton because I thought oh Everton could win the league here the way they were playing but then it's completely flipped around but yeah no Tottenham looked good I mean to be honest would, it, would you mind if Tottenham won the league would you be bothered? Well, I'd be a bit bothered since we since we've conjured this amazing team together. I mean, it's been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Yeah. We've, we've created this monster of a team that got ninety nine points last season, and then all of a sudden we we get a couple of injuries, and our best ever team's decimated, and we don't win the league two years on the bounce. Yeah, no, I I mean, what I mean is, take away. I'd rather, like... I'd rather Spurs won it than well, I, yeah, I'd rather Spurs won it than probably than anybody else. I would have thought. I'm not. I wouldn't. I, that, I, that's what I'm saying. Regardless of how well your team's doing at the time, think of if you could pick. Like, you, would you be bothered if, like, would you go, would you be really upset? Like, Liverpool winning it really, really wound me up. Yeah, I got but that. When, Leicester, when Leicester won it, 
Yeah. Feels nice for everyone, doesn't it? But how would you feel if Tottenham did it? That's what that's my point. Yeah. Oh uh, no, so I think I would rather Liverpool win it in a way. It seems strange to say, but I feel like we've, we've, Liverpool winning the league has already happened. And you know, if it happens again, whatever. Whereas Spurs still haven't won it, have they? So it like I mean if Jose was to win it with Spurs after being at Man United and not winning it with us. It's the, it is the Jose thing, isn't it? The yeah, smirk it's, it's on Joe, dog. He, He'd be insufferable. Yeah, but I, I'm just talking about Spurs. Forget, forget Jose. It's Spurs. Oh, they they're intertwined. Yeah, you can't <laughs> admit it. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listening yeah. to that, listening to the last 10 games, the press conferences, all the, all the media hype for the last 10 games of the season when Spurs have still potentially got a chance to win the, the league. I mean, well, I mean, I think Liverpool are quite fortunate. We played, we, I think we played Spurs twice in five games. We played them at the end of December and at the beginning of January, and that's us done then. So, I mean, it'll be over and done with quite quickly. I would hate to be, be the, I would hate to have to go to Spurs in the two, three of the last games of the season, especially playing Mourinho with a chance to win the league. I mean, that's already burnt Liverpool once in the past when we played bloody Chelsea. So, the, to get it over and done with and out of the way, when it doesn't feel like there's a huge amount of pressure on it. Would it would be really beneficial for us? But you just know that Mourinho's got that team playing, at, at, like out of their absolute skin. And whether that continues or not, I don't know. But I mean, what nothing... you would say with Spurs, I mean, Daniel Levy deserves a lot of credit. Really, he doesn't. He doesn't get much credit, but I think he deserves some credit for putting a team together, getting Mourinho in, getting the stadium. They actually look like I mean, a team was... that can compete. It was a bold call to get Mourinho. I mean, everybody's dug out that Mourinho. When Mourinho went to Spurs, everyone said it was going to be a disaster. Well, we me, all said that. Me, yeah, me included. And, and you know, it, so if it was to work out, then Dan, Daniel Levy would deserve the credit for, for making that call. But it's still a long way to go. I think it'll all go wrong. I think, I think the wheels will come off at some point. I think City are going to yeah. I think City is sort of the, the coming force. Well, not Arsenal. To do seem to have turned the corner, don't they? Not Arsenal, no. Would you keep Arteta? Uh, well, I'm a. I think Arteta's a fraud. I'd, I'd have him out. Uh, who'd you replace? Who'd you replace Arteta with? Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Burnley way. <laughs> <laughs> I get rid of Artes. It's just Arsenal getting worse. The fifteenth, I think, aren't they? But how? How has he got Abamyang not scoring goals? I mean, that, yeah. that's a skill, isn't <laughs> that, it? That is a skill. Even Jose <laughs> could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's coached the ability to finish <laughs> out of Abamyang. I mean, if if anything says you're a bad manager, turning your star player. Into a, 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 five or six years now, Bamyan's been one of the most lethal strikers in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> not this season. And then the other thing, like we said, they, they can't. The, the decision to leave Urzel out of a squad that's got no creativity is incredible too. But well, that's the Urzel. Yeah. That, that, that almost feels like that's the Pogba problem for Arsenal. But I, I in a way, I kind of. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I think if Arsenal's system was different and they played with slightly different players, then you could yeah, probably I mean, get. Them in I mean, there. You could say that about every team in the league, couldn't you? If, if you had a different you, system and different players, you you couldn't play Özil on the left of a three, 
in in in, in that midfield or he just doesn't he doesn't work hard enough. And I think that's the problem. Everybody thinks that everybody needs to work hard enough. Whereas if you had if you could protect one player or one player didn't have to be the one that tracks all the way back, but. It yeah, but is. yeah, but the thing is, you're saying this, but they only have to beat West Brom, Crystal Palace, and they're struggling to do this at the minute. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, like, I, I don't. You, you could, you could carry Mesut Özil in games like that. Yes, I accept it against the bigger teams. You might struggle, but they're struggling to beat anyone at the minute. They're just not playing well, are they? No, well, that's whether it costs you, what potentially he's going to cost him his job, isn't it? But who? I mean, who's going to want to take over at Arsenal? Eddie Howe. Yeah, they are in dire straits. Arsenal, if they go to Eddie, if, if, imagine though, you've come from Arteta, who's supposed to be this visionary and the 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 brain behind Guardiola, to then Eddie Howe. I mean, would, gosh, would Nagelsmann go? It's hard. It's hard to gauge how how big a draw the Arsenal job is, isn't it? Thing is, they've got, got they they not got any money. Well, I think they've missed their boat. The fact that obviously their stadium's yes, it's new, but it's not it's not that new anymore, is it? Like it's not like oh, they've got a brand new stadium. You can see oh, possibilities. They've had the new stadium and they've seen the possibilities out there. The squad's terrible. <laughs> Why would you go? Especially when you when you see like Chelsea and Tottenham in in. Uh, London as well. Chance, it's chance to work. Chance to work with David Luiz, I guess. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, I'd get rid of Arteta. He's he's been pretty bad. They've changed that. There haven't they changed the CEOs and the sporting directors and all? I mean, they've got the opposite problem that United have got. Is they keep going through C- CEOs and sporting directors? Like I think they've had three in two years. Whereas, like, the, the, they just need to, they, they just need to be a little bit, surely, just a little bit of stability in for for something. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know who it is. I, I don't. Patrick Vieira is available. Lost no. his job. At <laughs> we got, yeah, but he got sacked, didn't he? Though. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's tough, isn't it? I, I think I don't think any, I don't think any any Champions League manager is going to go, going to want to go and work, going to want to go go to Arsenal. I think they did extremely well to get Arteta in the bloody first place. I know Arteta's not really managed anywhere else, but I don't know. Well, I, I think, think, think Arteta getting the job in a way is kind of where Arsenal Arsenal are in a situation where they can attract managers who are sort of young managers that you've got to sort of take a chance might come off. Yeah, established, yeah, they're not, they're established not... superstar managers aren't going to go to Arsenal, are they? And the even banging down the, the Arsenal door, even up and coming managers in other leagues like Nagelsmann, he, he, why is he why is he going to go? He's going to go backwards to Arsenal, isn't he? Where he he could quite easily take a upward step to a bigger club in Europe somewhere. But Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal are at that stage; yeah. they have they have to take a chance, don't they? And hope that it works out, which they did with Arteta, and it clearly isn't. Could see Raphael. Uh, uh, Hassan Hilton will go in there from Southampton. Yeah, won't be a bad shout. Well, Danny I mean, he's, comes. Not, he's not actually lost his job yet, has he? We're, we're sort of... <laughs> but, but, what he, but the problem is, Arsenal playing that bad, what is it going to take for them still to be 15th with 10 games to go? I mean, well, I think that's, that's, what we said, that's what we were saying last week. The, the table's starting to take shape, isn't it? 
it's not Aston Villa out at the top anymore and Everton out at the top and Southampton are, are kind of finding where their place now. You've kind of got the big teams at the top and the, the small teams at the bottom and Arsenal with the smaller teams. The one thing uh, Arsenal got the one thing Arsenal got for them this year is that the table isn't what it was like last year. If you remember last year that everybody was taking points of everybody else, Norwich had Norwich had started the first ten games quite well. Um, I mean, the, the next twenty-eight didn't go so well for them, but they've got quite a few points at this point. Where well, you think Sheffield United have got one point? Um, I can't remember who's I can't remember who's second bottom. Fulham have got what seven points, um, and I can't remember who's next. So this there is I mean, as bad as Arsenal play. There are three worse teams than Arsenal this this season. That's that's the only thing that they've got. I can't see at the minute Sheffield United don't even look like they're going to get ten points. Yeah, but listen, you're you're talking as if the relegation candidates. Well, that's where so they are. Like three worst. T- yeah, but I know that's what I'm saying. But it's Arsenal. You shouldn't be talking like that, should you? Times change. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's indictment of how bad Arteta's been. Mm. And their only route back to the Champions League is to win the Europa League, and they're not. That's not. I, I can't unless something drastically happens in the back end of the season. That's not going to happen. Maybe the maybe the I, the. The opening day win at Fulham, where they looked amazing, was probably just a, an indictment of how Fulham, how bad Fulham are. Well, yeah, more than anything. The Willian transfer has not worked. He's on £200,000 a week. They don't know how to get the best out of Lacazette. It was even talk of Jack Wilshere going back to Arsenal because he's, he's left West Ham. It feels like they've got they've signed some decent players. Kieran Tini's a good player. Party's a good player. Um, but they just don't know how to put the ball in the net. And part of that is because the striker that they've decided to keep just can't score a goal. The one thing the one thing that dragged Arsenal up the league last year was the fact that Aubameyang was scoring goals here, there and everywhere. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. And surely yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna shell out for somebody in January to score goals because what they're gonna do is stick Aubameyang on the bench. But I don't I think just think they lack of creativity, but it's not gonna change, is it? Simon, you've had a disaster in your planning for this weekend, haven't you? Oh, I'm working on Saturday, yeah. And uh, I, so I took this freelance shift for Saturday, a day shift, so it's twelve till it's midday till ten pm. And um, I, I accepted it ages ago, and now I've only just realised it's going to be Manchester derby during the day, followed by uh, Anthony Joshua in the evening against Kubrat Pulev from uh, from Bulgaria. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, the hope is that you can race home and the the, the ring walks aren't till eleven o'clock. Yeah, hope, hope for an early finish. Yeah. I mean, is, is there no is there no chance the fortunes might change and they might need a reporter from half five till half seven to work on the the, the Manchester derby? <laughs> that would be a stroke <laughs> of luck. But uh, but yeah, very excited for the boxing this weekend. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get to watch it somewhere. And uh, see how it, see how it plays out. I think I think Joshua will come through. Um, but Pulev's only ever lost once to Vladimir Klitschko, so you know he's got sort of a good record. But we'll see how it goes. AJ's uh, isn't he um, slimmer than he's been before? Hasn't he? Is he? Yeah. I've not I've not seen, but yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see what he's like. Obviously, yeah, I think he's... since uh, basically this time last year, he won in Saudi Arabia against in that rematch against Ruiz. Yeah, I think he's talking about he's slimmer and he's yeah, it's a bit let's go go the rounds a bit more. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting, won't it? Simon, just come back to what you said about 
uh, about Pulev. So is, if Pulev's not has only lost one to Klitschko, is he? He's not obviously. He's not fought Wilder. Is he? He's not fought Fury. So who is he fought anybody other than Klitschko? Well, he beat Huey Fury a few years ago, but uh, I don't know if you count that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just I mean, goes around saying he beat Fury. <laughs> He's, he's kind of beaten all the... He, he hasn't got, like, one massive statement win. He's, he's kind of beaten all the guys just in that level slightly below um, elite level. I don't, I don't think he brings much money to the party. I mean, he's, he's from... Uh, he's a big name in Bulgaria, but... Uh, you know, he's, So he's not the sort of person that the likes of Joshua Fury and Wilder, what a whopper a fight too. Has he fought White or Chisora? No. Oh, no. so yeah, he has. So yeah, I think he has a winner against Chisora. Chisora's fought everybody, though, surely. Yeah, Chisora's fought everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the one thing I would say about Pulevic, he has this very weird thing. It's quite uncomfortable to watch. I don't know if you do want to Google it, but he was getting interviewed by like um in a, by po- like after a fight by a reporter a couple of years ago. And it was a female reporter, and he just kissed her on the lips midway through the interview. It's the weirdest thing. And um, he got sort of a he got a ban, but not for very. He, got, he basically got banned for about the amount of time he wouldn't have fought for. It, like he got banned for like three months or something. Um, <laughs> but he could, like, but he could still train. Yeah, and sell so, yeah, fights for when yeah, the ban exactly, ends. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, a guy who fights twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bad deal to it. Um, so yeah, so that was a very strange. Thing it, it, and he was supposed to fight Joshua a couple of years ago, then pulled out injured a, a week before, and then Joshua fought a guy called Carlos Takam. I think Joshua will win on points, is what would be my prediction, just because I think he is Pilev is sort of good enough and dangerous enough. And I think when Joshua went for the the kind of explosive knockout win against Andrew Ruiz in the first fight, that's when he he ended up losing. I think Joshua will just want to get through and hope to try and settle that. We're so close to Joshua Fury. I think Joshua would spawn no risk. It's quite quite exciting because it's the first first fight uh, of one of the big heavyweights, isn't it, really, since since lockdown and everything. So, yeah, it it does feel quite exciting because obviously watching um, Dubois and um, Joe Joyce... I mean that was that was that was good, but it wasn't wasn't the real top top level, was it? So it'd be nice to see one of the real top level fighters and what kind of shape they're in and what kind of how ring rusty they are, really. Whether the and I think there's going to be um, and... there's going to be fans as well. It's at Wembley Arena. Oh, yeah, there's a thousand. Where... Oh, I thought they were fighting in Saudi Arabia again. No, there's a thousand th- fans allowed in, isn't there? Which has been that's been one of the weird things about watching the boxing post lockdown is watching boxing with no fans. I found that weird than watching football with no fans. It almost seems more brutal just to stick two men in a ring with <laughs> a camera yeah, on no them and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, just... it's all dark around the side. You can't see actually what's going because there's nobody, there's, there's no lights for anybody to actually need to see what's going on around other than the people in the ring. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So is is Peel ever fighter then, or a bit, or like is, is he more like a Fury or a Wilder? Is he is he going to try and knock Joshua out, or is he just going to try and go the, the rounds and and win on points? I don't. He's really tall. I've, not, I've only so the only time I saw him fight was um, when he beat Huey Fury. Huey Fury got an eye injury in like the first round, or a really bad cut, which kind of sort of threw the fight off a little bit. So I'm not really in a position to give a sort of full assessment of him. I think he's a, a guy that would kind of look to. 
a, a sort of a poor man's version of Vladimir Klitschko. Sort of hide behind his jab, really tall, really big, hard to get at. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, last boxing. What do you make of the Mayweather Logan Paul? Announcement. It's <laughs> just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, like, it'll make it'll make them both a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> Mayweather's in his forties now. Logan Paul, YouTuber. Um, but he'd be fifty pounds heavier as well. Crazy, isn't it? But yeah, and um, and it just just seems to be a raft of these sort of comedy boxing fights at the moment, doesn't it? Because obviously Mike Tyson fought recently. They, they all seem to be uh, they all seem to be happening. Have you? My did you hear it? Well, did you hear about the pay per view? Yeah, it's like a, oh, you, you sign early, sign up early or something. It's, what, it's cheaper, it? yeah. Yeah, but if you if it's like if you decide you want to watch it two weeks before, it's seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, it goes up incrementally. It's like a it, slight get closer early. to the fight. Yeah, I, I mean, my big problem with all these things is it just like each one that happens just it takes something away from the actual. Because if you're a boxer and you've worked hard, you've been what you've actually committed to and committed to and committed to. And then Logan Paul, just because he's got a bit of money, can spend a bit of time in the gym and then gets a big money payoff against me. How annoyed would you be if you were actually a, a professional boxer, like an actual professional boxer? Yeah. I mean, it won't happen, but imagine if he like accidentally landed a punch on like after Mayweather's career and then well yeah and then he gets knocked out by Logan Paul a lucky punch from Logan Paul yeah gosh I just I don't get it that, well that's why I would I would you would I just wouldn't risk it you just never risk that sure I mean surely Mayweather's not run out of money surely like can't spend it for money. nickname money isn't he it is a, just a bizarre bizarre thing but then like you say one happens and then legitimises more of them to happen, doesn't it? And then they all cost more and more, but it just drives the price up again for the fans, doesn't it? Yeah, well, Anthony Joshua's 25 quid this weekend. Yeah, but then, I mean, but then if Mayweather, Logan Paul, they're charging, what if they can, if they're trying to justify 80 quid two weeks out from the fight, what does that mean for when no, you get that, to another... That, a, so in America, pay-per-views are often $100. That, that's quite a common... Um, quite a common price yeah, point. But even in the UK, that's the same thing. It's oh, still going it? up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, not, not, not for me, because I'm, I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> no, but as, but as soon as it happens asleep. in one fight... Yeah, 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 you're because, right. Uh, main events never used to be 25 quid, did they? No, no. And then once one fight once one fight puts it up, then it goes up and up and up for the next one, doesn't it? Well, it used to be 9.99, didn't it? I mean, I, I accept there's inflation and things get more expensive, but it's just it just really winds me up that twenty five quid for it, when was fifteen pound not enough? You're still going to make millions from it, aren't you? That's the that's what winds me up. Anyway, is that it, or is there any more? It'll all, all be all for us to dissect next week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're what getting very close. We're getting very, we're getting very close to two hours here. We start something. Start yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job, I've got a new phone because my battery can last. This time. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure.
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.